0: You're listening to Bold Voices,
1: Soft Hearts,
0: a podcast featuring stories of people who found their passion through pain. We're so glad you're here with us. Be sure to follow us on social media and send this episode to a friend who might need some encouragement. And now our latest episode. Welcome back to Bold Voices, Soft Hearts, a podcast centered around finding your passion through pain. I'm your host, Misty Coy Snyder, and each episode is another opportunity for me to learn and grow and discover along with you, the listener. What a privilege. Last week I talked about boundaries, which have never come naturally to me. My soft heart wants to say yes to all the things and all the people, and often wear myself thin. When I wear myself thin, My bold voice often becomes impatient and lacks intentionality and kindness. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's a short one, and I think you'll find one or two things quite relatable if you're anything like me. But today, I am so thrilled to welcome a phenomenal woman onto the show. She's a wife and mom a holistic financial advisor to hundreds of clients, and a bold woman of faith. To know this gal is to love her and to laugh with her, and I have had the honor of getting to know her throughout the years, but particularly when I lived in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Her dad worked with my husband, two legends in the sports world, I might add, and I am blessed every time to connect with her and her wonderful family. I'm sure today will be no different. Molly, welcome to the show.
1: What an introduction. Oh my goodness. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, I, I am so thrilled to be here. And especially with you, someone who I I consider an absolute kindred spirit. So thank you for having me.
0: Uh, You are, you are a kindred spirit. We're like, I consider I'm, I'm an only child and you are my sister. You're yeah. my baby sister. You really are. I Whether you it. want to be or not, you just are. So <laughs> sorry.
1: I, I always call you my big sis. So I completely agree. Yeah, <laughs> uh, It's an honor. And I, I, I will just let everybody know in preparation, I've listened to every episode and I love them all. So now <sighs> I'm not only someone who's been invited on the show. I'm a huge fan.
0: Oh my goodness. You are so sweet. You did your homework that I did not assign to you, but thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. Oh, it was wonderful.
0: Molly, I want to dive in with you because I know that we're going to go to so many wonderful places today. So could you just give kind of a a reader's digest or brief overview of who you are, where you come from, what you're about, who, what, where, when, why? Yes,
1: absolutely. So uh, something that I often talk to clients about when I introduce myself is my story and how I got into my my work. so I'll kind of go at it go at it from that lens. So I was born and raised in a wonderful home, um, youngest of three kids and my parents, were marriage counselors. Uh, they actually had been through, my dad was a coach, yes, but they also had a marriage ministry in my home by the time I came around. Uh, they had gone through quite a bit in their lives and found their voices as well um, through healing and through our church that we went to. So they actually developed a program and I was raised watching marriages be restored in my own home. Obviously, I couldn't be part of the classes, but I did see a lot of healing and I thought I wanted to do that with my life. I wanted to help people. I loved for relationships and encouragement so I thought why not be a counselor so that's what I went to school for and I love my classes understanding human development family studies dynamics relationships all of that and then I worked at a counseling center and I found found out that I cry too much to be a counselor I don't have boundaries either so it wasn't gonna work oh so I was, I ended up working in admissions, helping students figure out what they want to do with their lives, which was so fun for me, because the common thread I found in my journey was I love working with people to discover their goals and giving them encouragement to get there. And that was really what I felt my heart mission was on earth, you know, if I could wrap it up into a word or phrase, it's encouragement. So that's what I did for a time, and I loved it. It was wonderful. And I just felt like as I was progressing in that work, I started getting really nerdy about money, which is not something I was raised with per se. Like <laughs> I wasn't a math geek. I wasn't someone who always was in finance. But as soon as I had my first big kid job, I started getting really interested in what is, what are these benefit packages? How do I plan for retirement? And I started doodling percentages on during staff meetings of what I could save. And I started developing PowerPoints for my friends on budget Budgeting techniques, investments, and then I ended up um, getting my MBA when I worked at Messiah, where I where I was an admissions counselor, and I I loved that, and and so I felt like maybe this is something I should look into, so I ended up finding the organization I work for now, which I love, and I've been able to work as a financial advisor for the past few years, working with clients to and find their goals and using tools to get there, which has been such a wonderful transition. Um, personally, what my life looks like, I'm married to David, who is an incredible man. He is just so, I call him wild and steady combined. He's just such a great combination. Mm-hmm. Um, our son, Jonathan, is, was born on Thanksgiving Day in 2022. And that's what he is, just a bundle of joy. And now he's 14 months and wild also. <laughs> And fun and uh, we're near many grandparents who are so involved and we're involved in our local church Um, and thankfully my my career is very flexible so I'm in and out of the house quite a bit through the day as I'm meeting with clients or doing events and then seeing my son through the day too
0: and I have to say her son is so squeezable I got to hold him <laughs> this summer and I ah, I went to eat him up he's so precious and he has such a spirit both your husband and your son have this spirit of just, like, kindness and just a really gentle – that was the side I saw. I'm sure there's yeah. a wild side in both of them, like you said, but just yes. this gentle, like, kindness that rings true in mm-hmm. in both of them. And I, I also wanted to uh, give the disclaimer to the listener that if you don't hear my voice while Molly's talking, it's because – I've muted myself because Molly and I can get in giggle fests. Yes. And so if I don't mute myself, I will be messing up the sound. So if you don't hear me on the other end, I'm here. I'm just <laughs> muted. <laughs> and that's for you too, Molly. I'm laughing. Um, yes. So I loved everything you just shared. And I am curious, I've, I've wanted to ask you this for a while, but you are a woman of many gifts. You have a beautiful voice. You're wonderful with music. You're so creative. You're so good with people. Um, you I feel like you are a person who could have gone in a lot of different directions. And I loved how you shared like that counseling, being in your family and 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 having that love and desire to encourage people and get to know people more, which you are so good at diving in and really investing in people. Um how uh, when you took the turn for for what you do now do you find that your those gifts those natural gifts are at play and how has that been in finding that that passion that you might not have expected to go in that direction
1: yeah it's a great question as i look back i think that i really considered a variety of paths that could have been taken and I think when I was at some crossroads, I considered what are areas that bring me life and essentially brighten my soul, but what are things I could do every day for a career with the gifts I feel I've been given for the short time I have on earth to do, I think, work that's beyond my time here that I think will, will last for generations to come, hopefully, if, if that's what happens, and I think that with music, I still... Uh, utilize it in my life I actually have been rediscovering it I think sometimes nice. as adults yeah when we're adults we can almost um, choose nonfiction over fiction because it's practical or choose podcasts over that song that we love or soundtrack mm-hmm. while I love podcasts there also is something to say about just enjoying the soundtrack that you love when you were in eighth grade or whatever mm-hmm. it was that brings you back to those places so For the music side of me, I've actually been rediscovering that as a mom. I've been making sure I play with my son and show him music. He's starting to sing with my husband and I a lot. Mm. And I want to make sure that's part of his life. So that's, it's showing itself and kind of weaving in. Um, And I I think also part of it is, I I don't feel like career or what we use our time for in different seasons is completely finite. It will ever ever flow. And so nothing's wasted, as you and I like to say. And, And with that in mind the interests and the passions that we have in connections that are in different seasons may ebb and flow into future ones. We don't always know how, but I think I trust that process Mm -hmm. and I lean into what I feel led to do in the season that I'm in. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where, I don't know if that's too flowy of an answer, but that's, that's the truth.
0: No, I love that. I love, there's so many beautiful things to touch on there, but with all of those gifts and I think one of the the main reasons I asked you to be on this podcast is that you very much embody the the boldness mm-hmm. that I talk about that that especially in the world of advocacy and and maybe even as as women, right? Like I, I I I've been thinking about this a lot more. Like, how do we fit into society's expectations of us and um maybe generational expectations? Who knows? But You are not a person that I see struggling with boldness. (laughs) I think you have a very bold, clear voice and communication is clearly one of your strengths. So I would just love to hear about how having a bold voice literally has been a benefit to you and maybe ways that it might've humbled you as well. Lessons that you've learned along the way as someone who doesn't, seem to struggle with words.
1: Yeah, I think uh, through my life, that's been evident and been part of even my family. Uh, we joke that of my three siblings, I well, my two siblings of the three children, I actually might be the most filtered, <laughs> which is surprising because I'm not very filtered. <laughs> but we've all learned from each other and I think my siblings do great. That's what they just make jokes about. Um, so through the years, I think how that's shown itself, Actually, my dad and I just last week were making kind of laughing at each other about how we have a struggle in the classroom or in staff meetings of being quiet. Like if there's a lull, if there's a time where no one's responding, we'll just jump in and fill in the gap. Sometimes even maybe... Sometimes it works out well, but sometimes maybe it's a okay time to be quiet. So to answer your question about the boldness, I think the good parts of it so far in my life, maybe the good feedback I've had is in those meetings or classroom settings where I've spoken up and felt like, well, someone's got to do it. Uh, sometimes I have the more quiet folks come up to me and say, hey, I wanted to say that, but didn't know how. Thank you. Thank you for doing that for me or speaking for the, the group. And we didn't know who was going to say it or how to say it. And to me, it's just I, I didn't know how to be quiet. <laughs> so, <laughs> happy to, I'm glad it worked. You're out. welcome. You're welcome for being <laughs> yeah, me. Yes. Sure, exactly. It wasn't like I was gearing up my courage. It just kind of came right out, you know. And then, and then, and also in the past, I think it's been helpful. Like I remember friends would often, you know, in high school or college, push me to go talk to the boy. You know, can you do it for us? I, I can't do it for myself. Or can you form that text for me? I don't know how to say it. And, and what a gift to be able to help personify or provide, you know, communication for someone who doesn't know how. I think that's really fun. Um, on the other hand, the difficulties through my life, uh, I think the feedback I've received is, is A, that um, it, there's a beauty in silence and something to be learned in listening, especially, you know, the phrase, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason, um, and I know that I've stepped on toes through the years or maybe put my foot in my mouth quite a few times uh, just in light of being uncomfortable in silence. I think one of the best examples of a time I chose to listen and I'm grateful that I did was I had a, a wonderful friend in my life who was marrying somebody and I was in the wedding and I was about to approach her and say, I don't know if I can be in this wedding because I had a miscommunication about her spouse to be and thought she was getting into a bad situation unknowingly they had worked through a lot of things that never had been told to me because it didn't matter that I knew so in that moment I remember calling her thinking I'm about to tell her that I might not be able to do this which could wreck this really long wonderful friendship instead what came out of my mouth in that moment was hey can you tell me what you love about him And that completely altered the conversation. I was able to listen and hear why she was marrying him, what great healing they've been through, what she saw in their future, what counseling they've had. And that totally changed my viewpoint. And instead of just speaking what I was thinking right away, I had the chance to ask a question and sit back and listen. And in my home now, we talk about that a lot as my husband and I listen to one another, not just speaking our opinion or speaking to you know, change the other's opinion, but really listening and asking pointed questions so we can learn from each other's answers. Um, so I think that's where listening has come in and trying to soften my bold voice um, in in that process. Um, I think that's been the the lesson that's come from it.
0: Mm. The power of the pause, Right where we think we know exactly what we want to say, and then just taking a pause, and that that pause could be a variety of different lengths. But even just kind of breathing when somebody says something that offends us, or um, you know that knee jerk reaction that just wants to come out, but the power of the pause and the power of listening when you probably could have had spouted off a million reasons, you know. Why you were concerned about this or this or this, but that that's such a beautiful example because I think when words do come easily, as you know, I'm married to an introvert who is a internal processor, and he has said to me many times, you know, Misty, you just you just spout words like a fountain, and they're coming, 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 coming. and I'm trying to sort at this word and this word and this word and this word and it's like he's being like punched. Right. And, and I expect like an immediate sort of reaction and like, well, what do you have to say about that? Right. Because I'm an external processor, but the power of our ability to be able to say, you know, we're not going to reach a resolution right now and that's okay. I love you. Um, let's take a break. Let's revisit this. Please, please, Try and revisit it before this date because I'm going to lose my mind otherwise. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like having a boundary around it, but still just giving him that moment to process because he processes differently. And I just think a part of loving people well, which you do so beautifully, is knowing that we're all different and that we all need different things. And we're going to get it wrong sometimes, but to have the ability to love people well and Speaking of that, I think one of the ways that you love people well is your the way you use that bold voice to encourage and empower other people. And I have had very few people in my life that speak life so frequently into me the way you do. And it's not um, surfacy or canned. It's uh sincere and i never doubt your genuine care for me and that is a beautiful gift you know um because we live in a fast-paced world and so i want to know about this this encouragement piece for you and what that looks like maybe even when somebody has hurt you or you sense somebody is annoyed with you or just those awkward moments where you've been in painful friendships, relationships, and how that that gift, because I do believe it is a gift with you, Molly, um, of encouragement has sort of helped you or formed you through that.
1: Oh, thank you, Missy. That's one of the greatest compliments I could receive. <laughs> wow. And humbling. Um, first, you know, as a, a woman of faith, I'm a Christian and I absolutely believe that that's something that god has given me and put me on earth to do is to encourage so i i can't take the credit and i know that there's um there's been times where i have used encouragement and had that feedback of wow i needed to hear that at this moment or how did you know to reach out to me how did you know to call me right now there's no way i can know (laughs) There's no way that that's, you know, something on my radar besides an inkling inside that I just follow. So that's the listening part of encouragement that who needs it today? What really needs to be said? When I, when that happens, that's when the best feedback I've ever received comes back to me. If, wow, well, I needed to hear that. If I just do it out of what I think someone needs to hear, sometimes it's okay, but sometimes I put my foot in my mouth, right? <laughs> um, yes, but to answer um, the question, I think that um, living a life of encouragement has been um, I think, helpful in in having a bold voice, because if you break down the word encourage, it literally means to build courage in others or into yourself or whoever, wherever you you are, right? So building courage, I would say, is synonymous somewhat with boldness. Uh, and when you when I've been able to focus on encouragement in my life, I think it actually builds me up, too. There was a time, I was walking around my old workplace and just going around and saying hi to people and maybe giving a compliment or two or just saying something positive. and And someone said, "Why are you doing that today? what What came over you? Are you having a great day?" I said, "No, I'm actually having a terrible day. But this is what helped me get out of it <laughs> because I could focus outside of my head. I could focus on giving life, speaking life with my mouth. Um And to be honest, having the gift of encouragement also comes as a double-edged sword. I, I say that every you know gift or light has its shadow side the shadow side is I am so quick with my tongue to say death too mostly to my closest loved ones like you said to your husband I can so quickly spit fire a, a dagger at him I don't mean to but it comes right out of me and it feels so good for just point two seconds and then I see how it's deflated him and then I'm oh crud you know, I wish I could take that back. So, so quickly, my tongue can be the other side of the double-edged sword, and I have to make sure I'm aware of that, and I think that's where it's got me in trouble every so often, or, or like I've said before, when I haven't stopped to listen, or really understand who I'm speaking to, there definitely have been times where I read the room wrong, I walked up to a friend who I thought needed encouragement, so here I come saving the day, and it was not the right time, really what they needed was someone to sit next to them and say, I understand, or I'm with you, and I think sometimes being encouraging can come across as Pollyanna a little bit, of hunky-dory, of everything in life is great, just blow off the pain, Don't don't think about the hard stuff, just think about the good, and I am all about Spreading joy, that's a hashtag that I use. Showing memes on Mondays. I love to look at laughter or just having someone smile or have a moment just to remember that there's good in the world. But also I think genuine encouragement when it comes down to those moments of connection and actually being with someone in the pain requires empathy. And that means I have to be courageous to sit down with someone in their pain and not just wish it away or say, Just think of the right side or this won't last forever, whatever it is, but actually say, you know, that's really hard. I'm so sorry that you're going through that or I know how much you love that person and how hard that must be. How can I encourage you right now? Even asking that question, what do you need? And I think over time that has really helped develop that skill. I'm nowhere near arrived, but I do think that um, those moments as I look back on that journey for me have been really helpful. Um, And one other thing I'll say is, in my current position, I have to ask questions and sit and be quiet a lot. That's a lot of my job is listening, asking very particular questions, and then waiting for responses so I can know where to go. And I think that that's also helped ebb and flow the encouragement part of me of of knowing what, what actually is needed here to build courage in, in this person. And it could look like what I'm used to with my usual cohort and how I do it, or it could look really different. It could look like just saying, I'll be praying for you. Or I think that there is peace and hope ahead, but we're not there yet. (laughs) You know, just being realistic, I think um, is something I've learned through that journey.
0: So many wise things throughout there. Have you seen the movie inside out? yeah where joy and sadness sit together. and that that moment was really humbling for me. If you haven't seen the movie, um listener, it's when uh, basically there's they're personifying emotions, right and 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 feelings. And so joy, who's always upbeat and happy and finding the bright side has sort of run out of that and sadness comes along and they usually consider sadness sort of the the deadbeat or the we don't want her around and sadness just comes and says that is sad and sits with with um joy and is it joy or is it mm-hmm. happy yeah and and that moment just I I bawled my eyes out because there and that was even before some really hard things in my life I I had had a lot of hard things when I saw them the movie but the biggest time in my life where I just needed people to just sit with me in the hard was when I received Jed's diagnosis and and I I you know there were some people who were saying you know it's a gift. And there were some people were saying, I'm so sorry. And I couldn't really hear either of those things. I just needed someone to say, I see that you're really struggling and I'm here. And, and sometimes just admitting, like you said, I don't, I don't really know what to say, but I want to be here for you. I want to encourage you. And the times when someone has said to me, you were an encouragement to me is usually when I mostly kept my mouth shut and just made myself available to them for a phone call to listen or to be there on a text to say that's really hard. I I love you. I care about you, right? And so I think we all have a lesson to learn about that of when to just listen and I loved what you said about sort of reading the room. I think that's I think that's huge. Because we definitely can if we've just come off of a high from something and we walk into a room and we we think, well, I'm just going to sprinkle all this joy and emanate hey, goodness everywhere I go, you know. And then someone is just like, wow, I cannot receive – I am not in a place to receive that right now. Yeah. You know, just having the ability to go, okay save that
1: for another day, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, and honestly, you know, you and I developed quite a deep friendship in times where we both were feeling um, that, that, that kind of wind taken out of us of either relationship changes or, or pain or loss. And I remember in those moments, not being able to lean on that energy I'm used to. Usually it's just honestly, it's a, it's a gift. So I can just feel it and it comes out most of the time, but there have been seasons where it's gone. And I remember in that season that I'm talking about, I went through a really tough heartache. I didn't even wear mascara for three or four months because I cried every day. What's the point? I didn't make to-do lists, which is not the norm for me. I love productivity (laughs) and
0: organization for the day.
1: And I had nothing because I said, I don't know what's next. I feel so lost right now. And in that moment, when I look back on what was encouraging to me, Part of it was our friendship. Honestly, you were so easy to talk to, and to say, "I'm here. What are you feeling now? Just talk to me about what you're learning, what God's telling you, what what you're what you think you might do. Not telling you what I should do, but what what just trying to help me process it. And I think that's what counselors usually do. Honestly, is they just let you process and help you come to the conclusions that you feel led to. Similarly, I had some. Wonderful friends and family giving me their advice because they couldn't stand to watch me in pain. And honestly, it wasn't what I needed to hear. I was grateful. I knew their hearts, but I knew it's not what I needed to do. I needed to sit in what I was going through. I couldn't just move. And so the people who came next to me and said things like, how is now? How are you today? What are you feeling today? And when I would say, I'm just in pain. Okay, I'm with you. You know, how healing that was. I didn't have to put on a face. I didn't have to pretend or come up with some phrase to make them feel better about me in pain, (laughs) you know, just make them go away. Um, And another friend, I remember one of the most healing things I heard was she, I could hear her tearing up listening to my story at the time. And she said, oh, Molly, I'm so sorry. I know how much you love that person, period. And that just brought me to tears. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. That period, like it just is really hard right now. And some, whatever reason that just gives you the "Ah, sigh of I'm understood. I'm okay. I can be here for a minute and take a breath. It's not forever, but at least I know I have people around me. I'm not alone. You know,
0: it gives you the freedom to feel what you feel and to be right where your feet are planted. Uh, I say that a lot to people who need encouragement and to myself when I need encouragement. Be where your feet are planted. Just look down and say, I'm here. And it really hurts. Just feel all the feels, you know, because if we try to push them down, we have other people around who are like, oh, let's go out. Let's party. Let's have some good food. Let's do that. Like all those are like, you know, brief reprieves yeah. but at the end of the day you're left with the pain that was there in the beginning right it's only time and faith and prayer and you know true friends like your friend who was able to say I I know how you loved this person and that's that's really painful it's painful to lose somebody and I think one of the reasons I I wanted to do this podcast is that I have heard so many stories and during that time in your life Molly I saw you I saw you grow and I saw uh through pain and through my own pain the discoveries that are made and the wow. new insights that we have the way that we are able to be a more passionate, giving, loving friend and Mm. family member when we go through those things. And what a gift, like what a gift. Now, nobody wants to hear that in the trenches of pain. Boy, you're sure going to be a blessing to people when they go through this (laughs) crap that you're through. But, but it's true. It's true. And I, there, the, the three moments that I talk about in episode one, of of being on the bathroom floor at the bottom of the stairs at uh, the that those that was the only thing I clung to god like give me the ability to help someone in the future and yes. boy has he done that and boy has he done it with you and he will mm-hmm. do it from henceforth right <laughs> yes,
1: absolutely and if I may add to that uh I had a devotional I was walking through at the time of that pain. And one of them was, was from C.S. Lewis. If you're a familiar listener, he does the Narnia series and all kinds of wonderful books. And he's a deep writer. Uh, so if you're going to read him, buckle up. Uh, so I was doing like a one little snippet a day. And I happened to read one that really stuck out to me. And the synopsis is, you know, when we go through pain, especially something Really quick. So say there's a a threat at a mass level of a comet that's coming our way. Watch out, we have 24 hours. In those moments, we beg God, we we go on our knees. Lord, I will do whatever you need me to do. I will give up whatever vice I have. I will never do this again if you just save me. If you just don't let that happen. As soon as that pain goes away, maybe in the next 24 hours, it doesn't happen, we're saved, we're okay. Not only do we swing away from God or from, you know, the, the repentance or the, the place we came to of softness, but we go even further to the other side because that place of softness and vulnerability makes us afraid. It's scary now because we know how, how vulnerable it felt and how much we were close to losing something. So we, we really avoid. We actually go even deeper into the vices, into the things that just kind of satisfy for a time. So sometimes pain needs to happen for a season to actually have a lesson that sticks with us. And we learn it's a friend. It can, it can really be part of our journey that brings significant growth. And something going back to that season with you that I felt was, I felt like God, almost like in the history of my life, I had been through some different pain points that, you know, a lot of people go through with heartaches or losses through life. And maybe I had broken a bone and kind of healed the wrong way, but it was a good enough. I was, I I was limping but I was fine I was functional and I felt like God had to re-break me for a time to let it heal properly so that I could fully function the way I was designed to and that's what I think happened in some seasons of pain that were long enough for me to actually press in to surrender and say my heart is soft it has to be for you to do what you need to do I I can't do it anymore (laughs) I need help and and from that time I feel like we can come up from that that season of pain and actually have significant change. Mm-hmm. Um, so it needs to be long enough that it makes a difference.
0: Yes. Preach. And I can attest to that as your friend and walking through that season with you and such a beautiful piece to that and continuation of that is that you were reading, I don't know if it's the one you just spoke of, but you were reading a, a, a booklet about pain that you gave to me, that you came to visit and you gave it to me. And not only did I read through that book, through the diagnosis times, uh, I was able to give it to, I didn't give it to him, but when my father-in-law came to visit after losing my mother-in-law who passed away this summer, uh, he just said, I just can't, I can't just, you know, nothing is helping. I, I just, all my go-tos are just not working. And I saw that book out of the corner of my eye. And I said, you know what, this is a simple something. And I think it's going to help you. And sure enough, I came back from errands, and for hours, he'd just been reading through it, just wow. simple little things. But That What a beautiful physical representation. You had pain. Mm -hmm. You read that book through your pain. You passed it on to me and encouraged me through my pain. I pass it on to my father-in-law and it encourages him through his pain. And that's really what pain does for us, whether you have a book or not. You're passing on those life circumstances and it really can become your passion. You see someone who in in your line of work who is struggling in their home life and finances could be a huge part of that, just chaos and what do we do and what's next and we can't get on our feet and what, what a gift to have encountered pain in such a way that you can now enter into their pain and use your passion to help them and fuel them and empower them mm-hmm. right and i feel like that's what the journey does mm-hmm. that each step along the way it's like wow okay i i can speak to this or i can i can enter into this with you um and it's just it's it's such a gift and i feel like we could talk about this for hours but i i want to be respectful of your time and the the listeners time but i i guess molly i would just like to know in, in closing, if you had an encouragement, maybe to someone who has a bold, someone, someone like you, right? Maybe, maybe the you of fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. What would be something you might say to that person, um, not to cool their jets or dampen their fire, but just to sort of shift uh, their perspective? Your bold voice is a gift and it's beautiful, but you. Here's how you can fine tune that. Mm. Here's how you can submit that or surrender that. Any any thoughts on that? I know it's a, kind of a deep question.
1: <laughs> I love deep questions. Are you kidding me? Uh, wow. I think looking back at younger Molly, what I might say is, yes, um, there's a sensitivity to people with bold voices. You might not think that we have that because we're bold. So, of course, we, we're we're bulletproof. We can just say whatever and it's fine. And that's not the case. Uh, we definitely struggle with courage or insecurities, uh, knowing if we said the right thing or it just we can't really help trying to fill the silence. <laughs> it's really what it is. Um, so I think one, like you said, saying it is a gift. It's a gift to have boldness. It's a gift to be able to speak and not have as much struggle as someone else you might. Um, so so press into that, be grateful for that and hone it in with, um, I, I love the topic and the the title of this podcast the softness that comes with boldness they're not uh, opposites they can exist in the same place and be two wonderful strengths that add to to the refinement of the bold voice as we're, we're talking today so I think that leaning into the softness and saying it's okay to listen maybe some practical things to do is hold your breath and count to three Mississippi when you ask a question or when you're waiting in silence. Maybe someone has to have a moment to think before they're about to speak. And with you jumping right in, you actually miss out on what they could say and something really impactful or insightful that you may not have known before. Go in with curiosity. Don't think that you're the only person who has something to say and and know that you have great things to say, but be be attentive to that still small voice inside, that softness that you've developed over time, not only to listen, but to, to find the moments of what to say and how to say it, like reading the room, knowing when it's appropriate to be bold in this capacity and what boldness might look like, even in a silent capacity. Sometimes it is bold to be quiet. Silence is deafening sometimes, and that can be bold.
0: Yeah, and it's a sensitivity of you're sitting around a table, a round table with a bunch of people, and you've got probably two or three people who are just but, but 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 like a ping pong, right? Every they're they're the talkers. But if you look around that table, there's other people who have something to say, and you might catch them, like you said, starting to say something. But those ping pong matchers are going, and they never get a chance you know, to say their piece. And so having that sensitivity to look around the room, read the room, see, you know, what else could be said here?
1: Like even to call them out. Hey, I, I saw you were trying to speak. Did you have something to say? Yes. Maybe you're the bold voice introduction. Yes. Somebody exactly. else. The
0: facilitator. Yes. I call myself the facilitator a lot because I feel like it sometimes you just need someone to say, say that thing. Yes. That's amazing. Do that. You know, like say that louder. Nobody could hear you, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah, no, this has been such a wonderful conversation, Molly. And I I, I just want to thank you for really embodying. Um, I'm not looking at you because I don't want to cry. <laughs> really just embodying what I personally um, view what a, f- a friend should be. Um, you have a boldness, you have a softness and it just, it's been such an honor to know you gosh, almost 10 years, which is crazy. And to watch how those pains and those passions have formed you into the woman and mother and wife that you are, it is an honor and a joy and a privilege to be a witness to your life. And you have touched so many lives. You will continue to. And I have no doubt that there will be many people who listen to this and are blessed by what you have to say. So keep going, my friend. Keep being so beautifully you and using that voice. And I just love you.
1: I love you, girl.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> we did we got through it without crying.
1: <laughs>
0: we got through it without crying or losing ourselves in laughter, which is We're what I was afraid of. <laughs> Molly and I had this time when we went to the city and saw Julie Andrews and I mean we were just geeking out like two you know musical theater like lovers just Julie Andrews. And I'm sure on that train to New York City and in that theater there were so many people were like can you please stop gabbing? Nope. Ain't gonna happen. No not with these two. (laughs) But we did it, girl. We got through this podcast. (laughs) I'm so impressed with us. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you, listener, for hanging in with us and... I just encourage you to take something you heard here today and go encourage someone. Go be a light in someone's day. If you see something beautiful or inspiring about somebody, tell them. You know, I think a lot of times we assume people know, especially confident, Uh, apparently confident people will say, well, you, you must surely know this about yourself. Well, no, thank you for telling me that. I really appreciate that. So be the light in somebody's day and, uh, use those bold voices, soft hearts for good. And we'll see you next time.
1: Be sure to follow Misty on Instagram, connect and
0: say hello. We look forward to hearing from you. Bold voices,
1: soft hearts.